don't know what technically that was the best one you did that's what he's saying well let's Uh, let you want to hear it welcome to the a little off track podcast recorded on cherry street in galesburg illinois with your host eric hansen ted bevenauer and mandy balser Percussionist and canning enthusiast Nikki Malley joins us for great conversations of jellies, jams, and jazz, including music from her favorite gig she's ever played. We get a glimpse into her new Malley Farm specialty store that includes flavors and tastes from around the world that'll knock your socks off. I came from my home on the farm. You know, can I... Home on the range. Can yeah. I just say that <laughs> I think, I mean, there's a rock star amongst us in our midst today. Um, and oh, I'll tell you, Ted, Ted, Ted <laughs> is a rock star. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Nikki Malley, and here's why. I was at her uh, website. Is it, tell us what it is. Um, NikkiMalley.net. Wait, which one? Malley, Malley Farms. Farms. I was like, somebody else Malley has a... Farms.net. You're talking about the other Nikki Malley. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. MalleyFarms.net. MalleyFarms.net. And I'm rolling through all of the jams and jellies, and it's like uh, looking at Springsteen or Taylor Swift tickets. Sold out. Sold out. <laughs> oh, I love it. Sold out. Yes. I'm like, wait. So, wait, what? Do you have Sold waiting out. lists? Not right now. And actually, that's a little bit of theater because... We're transitioning the website. I'm redesigning, rebuilding it. And with the whole like retail store just opening up. I I'm, figured that. I, but I'm it's kind of kind of put the website on pause until I kind of re introduce it or re or like re redebut it. That's not a word. Thank yeah. you. That's yes. the word. That's, <laughs> that's I know. the smart person word. Um, I know I'm exaggerating, but I mean the response has been uh, pretty good. It's been really overwhelming. I mean, that's the whole reason I'm even doing this is that people just kept like farmers market one day a week was me. not enough. Yeah. But can I tell you my biggest beef with you right now? Yeah, please. I have like 13 open jars of jam in my fridge right now. <laughs> I just think you need to eat more jam then. That's not, that's you a huge I do. I do. And I'll, I'll just like grab a jar and some crackers. And Julie's like, you need to finish one of those before you open another one. And I'm like, but look at this one's like peach basil mint. How can I not crack into that thing? Yeah. We have the same, a similar conversation at my house. Cause as you can imagine, we have many, like, oh, I bet. you know, there'll be like a half jar at the end of the batch. And I'm like, I'm not going to throw that away. I'm going to keep it. Yeah. So, so my husband, my husband's saying has become, we are not a food museum, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually very wise. And sometimes, you know, like you have something really special and you're like, I don't want to open it up yet. And so he also uses it for that. He's like, well, we're not a food museum. Like we bought it to eat it. So eat That's it. Great. Yeah. That's I really, true. I really like that. He's, he's like a, totally a throwback. He's like an, he's like an old soul from. 50, 70, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. I don't know. He's Those are my favorite kind of people. Yeah, me too. That's why I married one of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're mine now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Say cool things to me. Yes, all the time. <laughs> Our friend Nikki Malley is here. So let me, uh, just some stats. I know you've been on the air with me several times on the radio talking about mainly rutabaga jazz. Yeah, yeah. Over the years, the 19 years that you were at Knox College ahead of uh, uh, musical music studies. Uh, I was chair of the music department the last five years, and then the whole time I was head of jazz studies in the instrumental program. Nineteen. I just like to add new titles all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and then surprise, just leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is good. really great, but I'm out. <laughs> but 
I mean, you're you you made you made a mark while you were there. You it and 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 showed people uh, rutabaga, showed people uh, jazz, showed people artists from from all over the world. You and your team and and the alumni that brings these artists every year. So, nineteen years of that. Yeah, uh, kept you pretty busy. One of the things that contributed to my decision to change careers and take a left turn was, or go off track, right? There you yeah. go. Uh, was that my job had increasingly become like way too many different jobs that deserved more focus than I could give any one part of them at one time. Sure. And so, and I felt like as long as I was the person doing all those things, that that was never going to change because it, of course it, it confirmed that somebody could do all those things, but I knew that it could be done better if dedicated people were actually focusing on each part. And so, and could I ask you too, could you also not live with giving a hundred percent to each one of those well, things? Yeah, it's I, hard that, to, right? I always knew if I had five more hours a week for this part, what it would look like mm -hmm. if I wasn't splitting my time between this and this, if I had five hours that I could do just this one thing instead of splitting it between every, everything 15 minutes at a time, this is what it would look like. And yeah, I just, that drove me crazy. And it, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying that for people to be like, oh, but you did such a great job. Um, and I appreciate all the support and kind words that everybody always had for me about what the work I was doing. But I didn't feel like it was the work that, that I could have done or that somebody else could do if they were really dedicating themselves to each part of it. Mm. So now they've split my position up between a number of people who are really <laughs> able to focus on those parts in ways that I never could. And so it's it's been amazing to see what they're doing. And I really think, you know, if you build something and you leave and it falls apart, I'm not sure that you built it mm. as well as you could have. I think right. you, yeah, it, it, you built it to be about you. Sure. And if you, if you leave and it grows and changes in the ways that it needs to, then I think that's a real testament because you built something that isn't just about you. Uh, and the people who are doing the work there are doing awesome things and stuff's happening that I could not have done. And that feels great because it would feel terrible right. to watch it right. um, go in a different direction. Aside from the uh, the job being at Knox College, is it all right with you that the first thing I think of when I hear the words Nikki Malley is jazz? Is that all right with you? Sure. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure other people have other things that they I'm think sure, of. Yes, if that's, that's great. I love it that that's the first one. Well, you know, and to kind of go down that road a little bit, we still have oodles of footage from a documentary that we were working on about jazz yeah. that included Nicky oh, Malley. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the poster was that, was it Julian? Uh, Julian Lodge. Yes, yeah. that year, right? And yeah. then Big Butt. Uh, big butt, funky butt, funky, funky butt. That oh, was yeah, it. the poster is literally behind you. <laughs> yes. behind my big yes. butt. Yeah, it's behind <laughs> your butt. No, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and I tell people a lot of times, you know, I, I did what you're not supposed to do, which is leave a tenured position in academia. Like that's like, you know, borderline illegal. Like you're not supposed <laughs> yeah. to do that. They'll arrest <laughs> you in some right, states. Right, I think. Yeah. right. <laughs> but because I'm a musician, it's not like I left music. Mm. And, you know, if I were a research chemist and I left academia, it'd be really hard to do research chemistry unless I had billion, billions of dollars to have my own lab. But yeah. I'm a musician. I was I was a musician before I became a professor. That doesn't change. And in fact... You probably I'm, have more time for yeah, it. Yeah, and, and more focus time. Like, I'm, the stuff I've done this year with my group is the stuff I'm most proud of in my entire life as a performer.
because I've been able to focus in a different way. So the music part, which is the whole reason I got into all of that, um, and was something that was kind of, I felt like I was devoting less and less time to, to my own music. Yeah. Um, that that has that balance has shifted back to a place that I'm really really way happier about. So in the new storefront, you should totally put the vibes, <laughs> and, and I mean that the vibraphone in the front window and be like calypso people. I don't in. hate that. You know, that's a huge draw. You, you go to metropolitan areas and there's always a vibraphone and you know a store window. I mean, people will stop because they'll be like, "What is that? What is yeah. going on? Yeah. Hey, anything to get them in the door." Yeah. That, truly, truly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I probably, I can't know how many times in my life I've answered the question, what is a vibraphone? Um, vibraphonist? Is that what you are? Vibraphonist. I, I, I prefer vibraphonographer. No. Oh, wow. Oh, I like that. I mean, if you get is the, that a real word? If you get the name of the instrument even close, I'm pretty happy because most people call it a xylophone. And you know, how are these? How are these uh, uh, loves connected? First of all, who who is in the kitchen that you saw canning and uh, love of food uh, that Nikki went? Okay, this is this is awesome and time spent. Um, who was that? Well. I mean, the place where the, the love of food started, which is, you know, that's my true expertise. I've been spending my whole life eating, right? <laughs> I'm really taking it seriously. I hear but, you, sister. Right, right? <laughs> good food is amazing. It's a quality of life thing. Mm-hmm. My parents, particularly my dad, or uh, my parents, my dad is continues to be a fantastic cook. I lost my mom a few years ago, so it's hard for me. I talk to them as, as a unit, and it's hard sure. for me to know yeah, how, right. what tents to use, right? Sure. Um, but... Uh, they appreciated great food, and my dad w- was really, really the, the chef of the, of the couple. And um, I didn't appreciate his good cooking when I was a kid because I was scared of food, of a vegetable or anything that was not like white or tan <laughs> in color. Um, but I, but I was around <laughs> real cooking for a long time, and it clearly finally caught up with me. So I developed this appreciation for food and traveling and eating and experimenting yeah. with food. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the food thing started, but. I had always thought canning was like magic and, right. and scary, right? Because there's people, there's all this like, so you're going to kill everybody when you can something. And, and so <laughs> oh I thought God. it was just like scary, magical thing. But my husband's mom, so my mother-in-law, grew up in Abingdon on a farm. She's, you know, her entire life, a, a farm child, a farm wife, a farm mother. And they canned when she was growing up because that's what they ate in the winter. This right. was not a hobby. This was not for culinary um, mm-hmm. exploration. This was... You grow it in the summer and you save every bit that you can because they were they were living on on, on a I thin margin. Shells in my grandma's oh, yeah. basement. Yeah, the like canning shell, the, sh- oh, the shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, like yep. beans and tomatoes yep. and yep. the yeah. weird one that looked like fat sitting at the top of oh, it, yeah. which I'm pretty sure was some <laughs> usually kind of organized bin. and labeled really well. Yeah. No, no, it was, a, it was always a crayon on the top because like it melted. Tape yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My yeah. grandma used a crayon. She would put like the last Aww. two digits of the years and then uh, something about what it was. Yeah. And, and yeah. you were like, well, 88, I guess that's still good. Sure, let's try it. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, so I knew that she canned and I'd always had this like, interest in it. Is that but, your bond with your uh, husband's mom? Uh, we have bonded over so many things. She's, <laughs> I'm super lucky to yeah. have these in law That's a whole other story. Sure. The, the, I you you a can tell relationship. the truth here. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, it's, well, she, you know, she has two sons and a daughter, none of whom really had any interest in learning to can. And so one day, I think I just said something in offhand in a conversation, like, oh, I, 
I'd totally love to learn to do that sometime if you wanted. She just like pounced on it. Uh. <laughs> and uh, so she taught me to can. And I don't know if I ever would have taken it on if I'd had to learn it from books or something. Right. It's, it's really one of those things that it, somebody has to show you how to do it because there's touch and feel things. There's uh, that I've read a million canning books and I still don't think any of them really convey it really nearly as well as somebody standing there in the kitchen with you and be like, this is how tight mm-hmm. you need to turn the right. ring, you know? And so she taught me and I literally fell in love with it. Canning like, is actually in Mason jars, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that we call it canning cause you put them in glass jars, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is. which are not cans, yeah. but, um, Canning's great though. I like it. Yeah. I just was immediately so excited. There's, it's so satisfying because you have a finished product that you can, you know if it worked or it didn't. Like, yep. you know if the jar sealed or it didn't. And, mm. and you also, with food, you know if it tastes good or it doesn't. And so many things, like in my academic life, are so esoteric and so you can't nail them down, right? Yeah. They're not tangible at all. And um, there's something about food, too. When you give it to somebody else, you know, people will be nice and say thank you, but if they don't like it, they're not going to eat it, and they're not mm-hmm. going to come back and eat it again. People don't – I mean, they, they bullshit about a lot of things mm-hmm. to make other people feel good, but you're not going to continue to eat something that you don't like. Right. Yeah. So true. And so – it's one thing they don't It feels about. so genuine, and there's so many things that I've struggled with in my life where things have not felt genuine or hard to understand. Like, what is somebody really saying? What do they really think? And here, it's if, – if, it, if it's not good, people tell me, and I – I love that, and I love I love the creative creative side of coming up with new recipes too. So it kind of tickles that fancy as well. But uh, yeah, I think I, I went. No, 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 that's awesome. Yeah. That was fabulous. I I that whole part about um, you know someone wanting to share that with you yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, and I remember as a kid like sitting in the kitchen and watching my grandma can stewed tomatoes or or making real tomato juice or, or whatever it was. And I can smell those smells when I visualize it. And it was something that my mom and I now do together. We grow a huge, like too big of a, of a tomato garden just so come fall, we can stew those and we can can those and we can make juices. And it was something that I kind of wanted to imprint on my daughter as well. Mm -hmm. And before my mom and I started doing it on our own, we went to her oldest sister. There's like a 40-year difference between the two. Maybe not 40 years. That's right. But like oldest sister, youngest (laughs) sister out of a family of eight, there's a a Canning the generation. It was. And so we we went up to Iowa for the weekend. That's where they live. And brought my daughter God's country, as my grandmother always refers to. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) Part of my family's from Iowa. And every time we would cross the border when we drove there in the summer, she would go, we're... We've arrived in God's country. It looks just <laughs> as that black as Illinois is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that should be a sign. Anyway, yeah. so you went to That's Iowa. No, we, we, took, uh, we took my daughter up. We spent the weekend. We just ate great foods. We spent the days like canning different things and getting my daughter's hands dirty in the process. Yep. Now, will she have the love for it? Maybe not until like later in life like us yeah. where we go, you know what? I remember that. I, I can smell that. I can taste that. I want to carry that on. And it was such a great thing to be able to do. And like, I can, I can totally get why your mother-in-law was like, 
Yes, let's yeah, do this. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna I'm waiting for you. you. We'll do it. And, and it's so visceral. You've got to touch it and smell it and taste it. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I think we live in this over-processed world, right? Where we're just surrounded by, I mean, I just read like three articles this week about these forever chemicals and how yeah. Europe is banning, you know, these things in food that really shouldn't be in food. And so like just to walk into someplace like your shop and know that somebody has handcrafted these things, that they they are from the earth, literally. You know what the ingredients are. You can read the, the label and don't, you don't need to look words up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we That's wanted so to have some of your own snacks here today. We we didn't live up to it. We're like, we can never live up to Mally Sorry Fox. about that. <laughs> Highly processed snacks we brought today. Uh, yes. so, some scotcheroos. If it's been a while. I mean, if you wanted just, that, you should have let me know. That would have been a great way to get rid of those 13 half-open yeah. jars. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to do like, like have people over and do crepes and have a crepe Ooh. bar and Ooh. put all the jars out and nice. then everybody gets to oh, that's fun. Customize Great their idea. Crate. Yeah. So, yeah. do you have a favorite? People ask me this a lot, and it really is. It's like when people ask me, like, "Who's your favorite musician?" or who, you know, "What's yeah. your favorite genre of music?" And I feel you're so talking lucky. about. You're going to talk about your jellies, right? Yeah. 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 Mally Farms on Seminary Street in Gilbert. Yes. Yeah. For how long now? Uh, I mean. It, I've been doing this for seven years, but I've only been in my own brick and mortar store since November, but we're still not 100% fully up and running because we're still in the middle of construction. So Jams, yeah. jellies, and, and uh, also salsas, and, and, and some condiments, and preserves, and okay. some pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Ted's laugh because he's the pickle man. I'm, I'm her pickle man. He is. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told her, she helped me out with a recipe for some stuff that I I was working on and I'm like I'm missing something I even brought it to you to try yeah, I'm like what really? am I missing and it was uh celery seed that yeah. was the missing character in the in the ingredients and you knew that Celery seed is ma- is the magic of if your, pic- magic. if your pickle is missing something, it's either not sweet enough, not salty enough, depending on which way you want to go, and celery seed. Yep. <laughs> wow. And so I added it. I made another batch. It was awesome. I told her as soon as you need someone to do savory, I'm your pickle man. Mm-hmm. And so and that was your nickname in high school. Yeah, so was, it's like it's like circle. my nickname in high school. I went by pickle man on the streets in L.A. It was weird. He's trying to get a custom license plate. Yeah. P C K L. LMN. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should Someone's do I feel like that's available. I'm sure they, I'm sure <laughs> Maybe they Pickle do. Maybe Pickleman 7. It means, <laughs> it means different things in different regions. Yes. Pickleman 7. For Evs. For Evs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Nikki Malley. All right. He My just wife and pulled I, us back off track. No, 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 no. My wife and I are walking down uh, Seminary Street. We've never been in the Malley Farms. Take us through it as we open the doors. What are we going to experience in Malley Farms? What do you Xylophones. What do you hope we experience? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> 10 vibraphones in there, and that's it. Um, no, it's um, We intentionally kept the shop part small. I, I, I want the experience. I want people to walk in. Well, okay. There's lots of answers to this, and I really should have the elevator pitch, right? But I no, don't. It's yet. all right. <laughs> so, so I think the Ma- door Mandy mentioned. Um, n- not, not anymore. Really. Her husband fixed it. No. That's right. He is <laughs> amazing. Get the squeak back. Done. I want the squeak back. It doesn't squeak, <laughs> but sometimes it just stays open randomly. I don't know why. Like on the coldest day last weekend, it would just stay open. Oh it was no! Like literally a blizzard blowing through the store. But um, I think Mandy mentioned. So you'll walk into a store that has a combination of the products that I make and. In the store, I also am bringing in specialty food items, mm-hmm. um, which kind of 
echo exactly the kind of thing that you were describing, Mandy, like small batch makers who focus on like one thing or one type of food. I, the way I'm kind of lumping all of this together, my products and the kinds of products that I bring in for the store, I want small, special things. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing in there. There's not like a $200 jar of truffles, right? Um, Everything in there is maybe a little bit more pricey than the sauce or the condiment or the artisan cracker that you would find at the grocery store, but not so outrageous that it's Mm off-putting. And they're so well-made with such really good ingredients that you're going to go a lot farther with that thing than you will with the right. totally I like never person. think about the amount of money that I spend on a jar of your jams when I open it. Thank you. I will be raising my prices. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Until you raise your prices. No, it's like the furthest thing from my mind because, because the taste is so good. Am I man. distracted? Do you feel like I'm distracted by the charm coming in there? So you got some jazz I can't resist going on to in the background? I, I, I am pretty picky about the music that I play in the store. Okay. And, and I have a few things that I really like. Um, but jazz is not always the music that's on in the store. Sure, Sometimes sure. it is. But it's... This is going to sound pretentious, and I don't know how to say, say it without sounding pretentious. Although my other motto that I've really latched onto is, with my food and the things I bring in, I want people to find things that they find adventurous but not pretentious. Yeah. Uh, because I think specialty foods can, just like jazz, actually, a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's you know, you have to have all this insider sure. knowledge and stuff." You no. totally don't, right? These but, guys know I love jazz, and I'm stupid. That's true. <laughs> I mean, you're, true. you're proving my point. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've been uh, when I was in France. There are all these little shops that you know, shop that just did honey from mm-hmm. all over France, or a shop that just did spices. Um, and they're small little stores because there's you know, retail space in Paris is sure. I don't even a little bit different than the price point in Galesburg, probably right. <laughs> they're small stores that you walk in, you immediately get an idea that everything that in there, it, everything that's in there was hand chosen. Mm. Um, it. The layout for my space tries to echo that a little bit in being really kind of clean. Yeah. Um, I'm not ever going to have, you know, floor to ceiling packed with inventory. I want it. This also sounds pretentious. I need to find better words. But I want it to look curated. Like somebody made these yeah. choices. Because somebody did. I made these choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I can Sounds like love, not, th- not pretension. Yeah, it's totally. It doesn't totally. sound yeah. pretentious at all. Um, and I wanted it to be the kind of store that if I walked by on the street, I would stop and mm-hmm. want to go in. And yeah. and um, it's given me a chance to bring in foods that I have experienced when I've I've been so lucky. I mean, one of the things that Knox did for me was allow me to travel all over the world to places that I never thought in my whole life I would ever go. That's so great. And um, and my family and I have traveled. I've been very lucky to travel. And we the food is like the center of these trips for sure. us always. And so I've experienced all these foods that um, – I never would have tasted if I hadn't been there and tried them. And I want to kind of create that experience for people here. So when you walk into the store, there will always be a kind of sign on the front counter that tells you what the samples are for that day. Because I, 
one thing that will never change is I will always have just a ton of things for people to sample. Because if you walk in and you see Romesco sauce on the shelf and you have no idea what that is, you're not going to, I don't care what the price is. You're not going to pay $5 for it. Right. Right. You're not going to pay $15 for it. So, but if you, and I learned this at the farmer's market with my own stuff. Um, I couldn't do it during COVID because of COVID. I'm going to text Ted. Ted, right. what is Romesco sauce? <laughs> I, I don't even know. <laughs> like I'm making pickles. But I'm going to go try it. some at Mally's don't bother shop. me. I'm making pickles. <laughs> if it's good and people try it, they will want it. You don't have to hard sell it. Um, yeah. Same thing with same way with music. And mm. I've t- I think I've said this exact thing to you when I was you know in the radio station talking about rutabaga about genre and people thinking they don't like jazz. Like yeah. people like good music and people like good mm-hmm. food and right. people think things like I don't like jazz or I don't like Indian food. Well, that's because they've had one tiny experience with it. Yeah. Right. And there's a whole world of jazz and a whole world of Indian foods that you know are there to explore. So and movies will tell you you don't like them either if you. Ex- just, yeah. ex- Oh, yeah. Movies are tough on jazz. (laughs) But uh, you'll come in, you'll get to try something, you'll get to experience a new flavor and hopefully find something that is you walk away with like one small special thing that makes your morning a little bit better or Mm. makes you look really fancy at dinner when, in fact, you didn't actually do anything Mm. really fancy. But you open this one cool extra ingredient that like kicked up your dinner for everybody and you can be you know, the hero of dinner. So Mandy, yes. I, I totally interrupted your question. You wanted to know what her favorite jam and or mm. jelly is. Naomi. Yeah. So I'm curious because I mean, you know, I'm sure you have, maybe you have like a strawberry, but they all seem a little bit exotic. You know, they're not yeah. just like, I mean, like you were saying what peach basil mint or something. Yeah, that the peach flip? basil. And then, peach basil. I, and I have a peach um, cilantro and mint, Salsa. Ooh. Um, wow. I think I've had that too. That, that just made <laughs> yeah. my mouth water. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's that's where the idea for the like adventurous, not pretentious I, thing came was that my I don't have a plain strawberry jam and I don't mm-hmm. have a plain peach jam. <gasps> you have the margarita, but, but I have no. strawberry margarita oh, and I have so peach cardamom. And yeah. so I try to do things where you're familiar with the kind of the base. Um, idea sure. of the product, but there's some additional flavor. I get and because I'm really interested in flavor pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it's you know you're not going to read one of my labels and it's going to have 27 outrageously exotic things in it that you've never heard of. Mm. Um, so you know my my favorites really do they vary depending on how I'm using them. But mm. one of my go-to favorites is probably one of the least adventurous of my flavors, but it's my blueberry raspberry brown sugar oh jam. Oh my god, that sounds sold fun. out, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sold out by the way. Because I you can't you don't you can can. You can can <laughs> with um, brown sugar, but it's tough because brown sugar is, you know, it's um, it's got um, molasses in it, which is what makes it okay. kind of dense and like kind of soft. Mm. So there's a moisture content in it. So it's not as dry as white sugar. So oh. it's harder to get the jam to set to firm up. Hmm. But I figured it out for this one and those berries work with it. And I just and I love brown. Like I would eat brown sugar like. Yeah, with a spoon if it was socially <laughs> yeah. acceptable. Yeah. It's acceptable here. So if you I, want did, to I get put it into, into it. the jam so that I can do it without yeah. really feeling totally embarrassed about myself. <laughs> but um, the other one that's probably my other favorite is my newest flavor is raspberry ruby chocolate spread. Oh my! Which is. Um, we bought some of that at Christmas time. Oh yeah, I yeah. just like the name Raspberry Ruby. Like that, I know that just it's, works I'm just for concerned me. about how many rubies had to die for it's, a jar. It is a little crunchy. Of this, we'll get to that later. I broke my tooth. It the, tasted delicious, but the underbelly. 
of Valley Farm. <laughs> Wait, there's real rubies in this? <laughs> you do need to raise your prices. Yeah, no doubt. It could be like the golden ticket. Like one of these jars Ooh. will have a real ruby. You will be going to the emergency room. But yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't put rocks and gems into my okay. jams right now. Um, That's a shade, by the way. So <laughs> I received <laughs> I received a lovely gift. So uh, the the way that I know Nikki is not the same way that you know her. No. I actually know her because we served on the family planning of Western Illinois services, family planning services, services of, of Western West, Illinois. Uh, yeah, we need Ooh. a, a, a snap yeah, your titles in that. Let's just keep adding words so onto that. Who was it? I exactly. Yeah, yeah, the acronym is really yeah, doesn't roll off the tongue at all. Who was it? Who was it? We were on that board together, and I saw this Sorry. amazing side of Nikki. She's like so organized, and she has these wonderful ideas. And she's very I've never met inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not familiar with her either. Don't worry. <laughs> she just like came on the board and just like totally invigorated oh, us. Great. And I didn't get to work with you as long as I wanted because you know it was yeah, the end you of left my the board. I know it was the end of my term. So I had served well, we my six have years. The bylaws. Well, I got a card from them with a lovely gift that included some Mally Farms jams. And in the oh. card, Nikki wrote, "I refuse to accept that you are off the board." Yes, <laughs> I didn't say good wishes or anything like that. I was just like, "This is not happening." <laughs> And that Fantastic. was my favorite message. But <laughs> then I got the a lavender. Oh, raspberry lavender. The raspberry lavender, the mango raspberry, and a carrot cake. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just so stinking good. Like, I couldn't even... I was moaning while I was eating my. T- I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" That's, like that's the ad you want to run for me? It's just, yeah. it's just Mandy like moaning. It's just me moaning, eating toast. And then at the end, we, we can't say, air that Mally on some stations yeah. at some time. Just like Bob O'Connor, when you bite into Mally Farm, and then the rest, yeah, the rest of the commercial uh, is just. Yeah. You. Me. Savoring. I love it. Now I want some toast. Or you, get, you do a whole series of them, and it's pe- everybody making their sex sounds while eating yes. my jam. Yeah. No, it's, this is not a terrible campaign. It'll have Why? to run late night. Celebrating local artists, featuring their talent, and not taking anything too seriously. On the A Little Off Track podcast with Eric Hansen, Ted Bevenauer, and Mandy Balzer. Nikki Malley, first of all, where I, I probably asked you many times, where are you from originally? Southern Indiana. Yeah. Columbus. Columbus. No, that's Iowa. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. That's Iowa. <laughs> Knox College brought you here? Yeah, I came to to go to Knox as an undergraduate and um, <laughs> would not have ever imagined any of the things that happened after that, that mm. I would come back to teach, that I would go get a doctorate, that I would then change professions. But I also certainly would not have imagined that I would have met my husband. Did you love your um, years as a student? I, oh my gosh. Yeah. I was a great college student. I, I like, I worked just hard enough and I had a whole lot of fun. That's great. Well, you were That's playing jazz, best. right? You were Thursday nights yep. and, and part of yep. the crew. And- yep. Yeah. It, it was, yeah, I really did have just about the best college experience you could possibly have. That's I'm awesome. super lucky. And then they hired me back, which was really <laughs> crazy. So, um, yeah. And I fell in love with Galesburg. I, as a student, partly because of jazz, because I didn't just stay on campus. You know, I mm-hmm. did. I went out and played every Thursday night at jazz night, which meant that I met people from the Galesburg community yes. and people who are friends of mine to this day are people I met when I was like 18 to 19 years old. Those were the good old days I know, of up jazz, there, Thursday, the beer garden, the, 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 the big 
open windows, the oh, breeze flowing yes. through there, jazz. Drinks. I remember watching oh, God, it was Andy so Crawford. I've seen you up there many times, but Andy Crawford playing electric guitar up there, jazz guitar going. Oh, yeah. Where did this kid come from? What right. the hell? Yeah. Just so lucky to get to see. And that you guys were all the way up there. It was a cool spot. You yes. Know? Yeah. yeah. Not fun to transport the vibraphone up there. <laughs> let me tell you. you know, like my, you know, my best friend at the time, Kevin, who is now my brother-in-law, he just come up there like five minutes before the gig with his saxophone strapped across his shoulder. And I was like, man, I hate you. <laughs> I, I hate so hard. I hate you. Well, we oh, were gonna ask you to bring the vibes here today. We did, and like, yeah. yeah, that ain't gonna happen, fellas. Yeah, we'd have to no. we'd have to like kick one or two people out of the room. And yeah, we talked about that. And I was We did. Yeah. The vibes are awesome, but they are really not the world's best solo instrument. Right, and, right. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I practice them on my own a lot my dad my dog would agree because whenever i practice he's you, out the door within like two minutes no. oh yeah he's not having it so. you did provide us though with a, a, a link to was it was it a show that oh. you recently did tell us about what we'll what we'll hear yeah so this is my most recent performance uh uh with the central illinois jazz society uh every third sunday they have a featured band a featured artist and they asked me uh, a number of months ago to be the february artist, which was awesome because I knew I was going to have time and, and I had the desire to create a whole new book of arrangements and pieces for my group to do things that I've been wanting to do for years. And it's the music I'm most proud of, um, that I've ever done. And it's, it's my favorite performance I've ever participated in. funny now but was not funny at the time um this was the best performance of my life just everything i played in a way that i was happy with was it all perfect no it's jazz it's never going to be and that's part of what's cool you've done about a million it, of these were you were you at all like uh, regular anxious about it well i i wasn't at all I, I felt weird that i didn't feel more anxious about it but we, we had a great rehearsal with my band my the musicians who play with me are like five million times better than me. So it's just like you're like riding on this cloud of awesomeness, you know? <laughs> so I felt so good about the music because our rehearsal had been amazing and I, it was just how I wanted it to be. And then I didn't feel nervous at all. And then about right when we were doing sound check, about an hour and a half before the gig, I started feeling weird. And I was like, am I getting like stage fright? I don't usually get this anymore. Oh, I was not getting stage fright. I was getting a stomach virus, which erupted right before the gig. So I was literally in the ladies' room throwing up until I walked on stage. Oh, my God. And I walked over to Andy, who was playing bass with me, and I just said, I've just been throwing up for the last 10 minutes. If I walk off stage in the middle of the set, just keep playing. Figure it out. His eyes just like almost popped out. He's like, no, what? <laughs> I was like, it's going to be fine. Did and the I was, jazz gods get you through it? Somehow. I had this like weird out of body experience where my body just like went on pause for yes. an hour and a half because right after the gig, it was, right on, it was on again. <laughs> and um, and it, it was weird because I was constantly aware, like what happens if, the, you yes. know, <laughs> yeah. poor people in the first row should perhaps be warned, right. you know, but this is going to be like a Gallagher show. Tonight. Right. Right. I'm not sure you were signed up for that, but it is, you know, not to be too like whatever, might have mystical or something when you're doing something that you're that focused on. And I think mm-hmm. performing arts are a whole other level of that. Your, your body really does just, it takes care of itself so that you can do this other 
kind of I get higher order thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, the only thing I regret about it is that part of my mind was constantly monitoring myself to make sure I wasn't going to be sick. So sure. I I couldn't enjoy the performance as much as I would have. Mm-hmm. But I still it was so weird. I've never I've never been sick on a gig. I mean, you know, had a cough or something. Nothing like that's ever happened. And it was the best performance of my whole life. And we did super cool stuff. I, I I like to, I guess my tastes are eclectic. I'm not like a swing era player or a hard bop player or an avant-garde player. That's where I'd like to live forever. Yeah. Is hard bop? <laughs> not or not as a player, but as a listener in that era. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, right, yeah. because again, good music is good music. So like on this, this gig, I got to do things like we did... Um, an arrangement, a cover of Wichita Lineman, Mm. which is, you know, one of the best songs ever. And I don't care what what genre you're in. Yeah, it's so good. And it's so beautiful. We do this like slow ballad. It's so gorgeous. And and we did 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Like, you know, it's so, and that's what's so cool about jazz is that you get to, if you want to go that route, you get to like reimagine and participate in these songs too, instead of, and no, I mean, no offense to cover bands because being a good cover band is extremely difficult, yes. but you get to access that music, those pieces that you love. And then also with the improvisation part of it, you get to participate in it and yeah. ha- like have a conversation with it and explore it in front of other people with musicians that hopefully you really like. Sure. Um, it's so much fun. So the was, other members yeah. probably got you through that gig too, I'm sure because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Jazz Brotherhood and I, they, Sisterhood, right? They did. I think they I think they were all more worried than I was because at least I knew how I was feeling, but they right, didn't. Right. So they were like, any minute this could go off the rails so hard, you know? Oh my gosh. Um I mean it was so poor Andy. Andy drove us, thank God, because I couldn't have driven home, didn't make it home, had to stop on the side of the road. Oh, like Andy. it was so bad. <laughs> but it was also I had this amazing musical experience in the middle of it. So wow. um yeah. Is this it, uh, publicly available? The uh, link that you she, sent? she sent it to me, so we're going to get to hear it in post. Yes. So the it, recording is not up anywhere right now, and it's 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 the levels are a little weird because it's just the recording off the board from yeah. our sound technician, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, and the music was so great. So you know. It's like a, it's an We're underground take- recording. Well, you've you- got to let us know when it becomes publicly available so we can attach it to the show notes of okay. this and okay. let people find exactly the barf-inducing experience right. we're talking about. <laughs> is that the moment? Where the, 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 I could hear it on the very last song, which was always, it's a really fast tempo song, and I kept wanting to push the tempo faster than the band did. gig and i think you know like when you when you're on a long car ride and you yes, like held it in yes. and you're like five minutes from <laughs> no, like, i have really to pee so bad right now it was like that I was like i'm gonna be able to get back to the bathroom in like five minutes so i was pushing that song that last song so fast and i, I was like a split second ahead of the band the whole time so you can hear something about my physical condition in that last song if you're really um, listening i was like let's go let's just go come on guys That's crazy. I had a similar experience um, when I did Death Trap. I was not well on opening night. I had 102 fever and I (sighs) called Erin Glasovich and I was like, what do I do? And she was like, well, we can't 
not do the show. So I took a COVID test to make sure I, mm-hmm. that's not what it was. But I had to kiss Tim Holmes in the show. So he was super excited to see me Typhoid coming in. Mary hot, over there. Right? He was like, Fuck. I guess I didn't know. You played it off well. Well, I mean, it's it's like what you're talking yeah. about. And yeah. Tim called it Dr. Broadway. He's like, Dr. Broadway, you're going to be okay. <laughs> and, and he was right. I mean, there's just something that happens that kicks in. And you just like go to this performance place where your body is kind of secondary and what you're feeling. And then when it was all over, I felt like rubbish. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because it know, stores it up. Your body it does. It, it, does, it doesn't like delete that. No, it doesn't time. dissipate. It just holds it back. Yeah. 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 But Speaking of holding back, yeah, Dave Chappelle tells a story to Jerry Seinfeld about going on stage for a pretty big gig and. He had to go to the bathroom, and there was no oh, time. Oh, no. He had to go, go. No. Yeah, so he goes on stage, and Jerry explained to him, the rectum has a mind of its own. <laughs> it knows. It knows when you've got something to do. It's yeah. like, hold on, guys. Yes. He's got to get this done, and then we'll. Yes, but the rectum also works with your sweat. <laughs> I don't mean to be gross. I don't mean to and be gross. Ted told I mean... us earlier, so. Yeah, that's a sweaty place to be. Rectum? Damn near killed him. Oh. Sorry. I mean to be. I think our our bodies and our minds know yeah. like, okay, we're going to get this done. We right. got to do this. You got to yeah. focus. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting us have that recording, by the way. Yeah. 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 Where it's did it take place? I feel, it I feel was, cool. Yeah. I love it. The Trailside Event Center in Peoria. Have you ever been there? It's a beautiful space. Um, it's a event center that you can book for all kinds of private or public events, and um, it's this gorgeous, it's an old, I don't know if it's an old flour mill or what it is, it's a beautiful brick building, and it's just gorgeous, it, all exposed brick in the event space, and it's very kind of urban looking a little bit, it's very mm. minimal de- decor, so that you can go in there and make it look the way you want, nice. but with just like really beautiful hanging lights against the exposed brick, it's great, it doesn't have the very best sound for jazz, which is such a jazz musician thing to say, <laughs> sound could be better, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but it's such a really really lovely space. Um, it's super cool, and they do it every every um, third Sunday. And it was also cool because this was they they were on hiatus during COVID, like many people were for a long time, and things are slowly coming back. And this was, I guess, the biggest audience they'd had since before COVID. People were finally like really ready to come out. So there were like 125 people in this mm. one room, and it just felt so great. Um, that, that there are 125 people in central Illinois that care about jazz. Yeah. So, well. <laughs> yeah. so when did the the musician in you come out? Was that like in your high school years or? Um, I, I mean, I started to, with piano, like most people do. Um, my parents were both like, wish they could be music- musicians, but were not. Mm-hmm. Um, God love my mom. She just mm. did not have musical talent, Aww. but she tried to play piano. And so I grew up listening to her and I yeah. wanted to be like her and, um, so I really liked piano and I was pretty good at it. But then my hands stopped growing. I have super tiny Me hands. Me too. And <laughs> so tiny I, hand yeah, club. I couldn't play the repertoire that I was. You're never going to play the keys, to... kid. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, this just does not stretch to like the Chopin pieces that right. I was learning. Uh. Um, and then I played flute in high school and 
really didn't like it. I was pretty good at it, but I, mostly I didn't like the flute players. Like they were just too girly, and yeah. there was so much drama. And Don't like, you love it that not... Lizzo is bringing back the flute? Heck yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. rad. Yeah, yeah. no, it's amazing. Yep. And so I switched to percussion. I also really didn't want to march. I just, oh yeah, I was really anti physical activity at that time. And so I was like, if I do percussion, I can be on the sidelines in the pit yeah. and not have to march. And then, then I fell in love with the marimba, the xylophone, the vibraphone, all the percussion instruments. Um, and then my high school band director, my senior year, I was playing piano in the jazz band. And there was one kid in our jazz band that could solo, Kayvon Paymani, great tenor sax cool player. Name. I know, super cool guy, too. Um, he is the only one that can improvise. And so every song was like another tenor sax solo. And finally, one day, my director was like, we got to get somebody else to take a solo. And Kayvon was like, yeah, you really do. Like, and he just looks at me and he goes, you play vibraphone. And I was like, not in jazz. <laughs> You're going to take a solo on this. I had, no, he, I had no instruction on what to do. I had no idea what that meant. Oh, my gosh. And I was terrified. Did you know jazz? When, uh, what year, how old were you? I was a senior in high school. Yeah, so I no. mean, I knew, I knew high school yeah, jazz. Sure, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. And my, my director really loved jazz, but yeah. we didn't really get, like, a social, cultural history of it. I didn't yeah. know I didn't know very much about it, but I was really interested in it. And it terrified. I took this solo, and all I remember is that I just played as fast as I possibly could until you <laughs> told me I was done. Oh. And I'm sure it sounded terrible, but I, it was like the most exciting thing I had ever done. I was like, that oh, was wow. horrifying and scary, and I want to do it again. Liberating. Because I want to know yeah. what it feels like to he do it. He didn't tell well. you to stop. He didn't no. tell you to never do that no. again. No. And then I fell in love with it, and I did this huge project in my American <laughs> literature class on jazz. Because then I was like, I want to find out. Uh, uh, sure. I realized I don't know about jazz. So wanted to do that and then I kept soloing and they kept letting me and I think at first just the this watching a young woman play vibes really fast and aggressively was what kind of let, got me through because mm-hmm. I am definitely an aggressive player I am not a subtle yeah. quiet player I assume playing vibes and also learning a piano um and probably an ignorant uh, assumption that you could get behind a like a five-piece kit and play the drums too can you easily do that <laughs> I mean you could sit behind the kit <laughs> <laughs> if you um, had to fill in they're like Nikki. We, we our drummer you. did not show up. Our right. drummer's in the bathroom puking. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here! I did it. Right, right. suck it up. Um, I no, I actually did take drum lessons a few times in my life, and I can play like a few basic beats. But it's it's different, really huh? different, and the coordination for drums is different. Like the sure. way you use your limbs and with the vibraphone, you're using both hands, and the vibraphone has a pedal like a piano does. Oh, so you are using multiple limbs, but it's very different than the drums and the. You use the right foot on the pedal and the vibes, but you use the left foot if you, for a standard drum set setup on the hi hat. Mm. And I I've always had trouble because I just want to do everything with my right foot because yeah. that's what I'm used yeah. to. So there is some transfer, but it's it's a very it's a very very different. Do instrument. the pedals on the vibraphone does that just soften it? It um, what it does is it actually lets it ring out. So there's this long bar that usually has like felt on it okay. that's a dampener. So when the pedal's up, you're just getting clink 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 it's all the the, the note hits but yeah. it, it doesn't ring mm-hmm. when you push the pedal down then the dampener comes off the oh. bars so then they ring more like a bell nice so you can like the, I mean, the piano has that sustain sure so you can make the sound really dry or, or, mm-hmm. or ring out so it lets you do that which makes it you know the xylophone was the first kind of mallet instrument that was used in jazz but it's pretty piercing and it's mm-hmm. there's no ring to it so it's ding 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 you know yeah and um as people were like developing ideas about sound and timbre, 
um, the vibraphone was more attractive because it could have a range of sounds, yeah. more of a range of sounds than like the xylophone. Rutabaga Jazz about to celebrate, I think, like 45 years, I think, this year. Is 44, right? 45, 43. It's, it's hard to do the math because the COVID yeah. came in. And stuff. So it'll be it, it, 43 is, yeah. is kind of the. It started in 1980. And so that's 43, okay. which Isn't doesn't seem. Bananas? How long did it take you to wow. fall in love with it? Oh my God, I love this yearly thing. I get to. Uh, and, and where you were sort of in control, like I get to sort of get this artist, help to get this artist. and Yeah, that was terrifying when I first <laughs> got the job at Knox because I had experienced it as a student. Yeah. And it, it was so special because I got to meet these world famous jazz musicians and play music with them. Yeah, and, all week. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was such an incredible experience. So it was I was super excited when I got the job at Knox and then also terrified because I was like, I'd never done anything like that. How how do you pull something like that? Were there oh. intimidating moments when you walked on a stage, maybe at the Orpheum, where, where you, or or no, as a musician? Yeah, you were... the first few years. Yeah. The, um, afterwards, um, the first year I did it, my parents came up to watch, and um, I slept until five o'clock in the afternoon the day after Rutabaga was over. I'd never slept a oh whole day gosh. in my life, and um, my parents were like, "It was so weird talking to you that whole weekend because you were there and not there." Like. It was like, you know, like it's like you were on drugs or something, but you weren't. <laughs> you were on jazz. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's just there's so many logistics. It's one thing if you're like at a big big program. Not that the directors at big you know state universities don't also do all this work, but it's one thing if like your whole role is artistic. Mm -hmm. But at a small school like Knox, you're doing all the things. So you're also. Yes transporting artists to and from the airport you're oh, checking right. on hotels oh my gosh. you're dealing with you know catering and hospitality issues doing all the pr the media the yeah. pr yeah. and the media Details. and the you know community relations and so there's there's so many things spinning around in your brain that it was actually usually an incredible relief when I finally got up on stage with the big band to do the music part of it because all the other stuff was not my problem for yeah. like an hour and a half yeah. you know who um after I had the first few it got better um isn't that what you have students for, though? Like, couldn't you be like, give me some hotel <laughs> That's rooms. scary, Go though, get this guy to check it is, it's, it's hard to rely on people. And, you know, students have a lot of stuff going on. And the vast majority of the students in the Knox Jazz program are not even music majors. So that's another thing. If you're, like, at a big state school, right. you have students who are on specific kinds of scholarships where work that's built into what they're doing or, um, or you have a certain kind of pull with them right that you know if i've got a pre-med student who's doing jazz band because they really want to keep playing music i can't put 20 hours of work on them that mm -hmm. week when they also have a huge performance and they have these other classes you right. know so it is it's tough uh what did rutabaga mean to you inheriting that uh mm. at first it was just it was really terrifying because i felt like i'm for sure gonna totally screw this up and yeah. uh you didn't know well <laughs> it's still going so there's that yeah um it felt like a tremendous responsibility because, because it's so important for the students. It's also, as you know, like this huge event for the alumni. It's it really is homecoming for the jazz alumni. Mm, That's sure. right. Very few people from the jazz program come back at actual homecoming at Knox. They come back for Rutabaga. So it's it's you're responsible for all of these people's experiences and the artists. I mean, these are we we always hired people who we deeply respected as musicians, and so mm -hmm, you want them right. to come in and have the best possible experience too. So it, it's a huge responsibility but it's so 
rewarding when you see students in the band have the kind of experience that I had when I was, you know, experiencing it for the first time, or when you see an alum come back and you see them chatting with a current student and there, you see these connections between generations of, you know, musicians. Um, and when guest artists, and I've told you this probably a billion times, all these guest artists who don't usually come to cities like Galesburg, Illinois for stuff like this Mm -hmm. show up and are so impressed by our whole community, by how beautiful the Orpheum is, by how, how, amazingly supportive and enthusiastic the audiences are here. So many people come thinking there's going to be like 20 people at our show, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody in Galsburg, Illinois. Galsburg. Is jazz, right? Yeah. Ted right? and I had a blast. We had a blast. Yeah, and they just are overwhelmed by the, the audience response. And that's part of the responsibility too is like a lot of people who come to Rutabaga in the community, that might be the one jazz show they go to the entire year. Well, mm-hmm. I was going to so, say, yeah. when you're talking about how big of a deal it is for the school and for the students mm-hmm. and the alum, it's also a huge draw for the community. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Rutabaga, you say that, and people aren't thinking about a tuber. They're thinking right. about the Thank music goodness, that's Because that's a here pretty anyway. lame yeah. vegetable, I gotta say. <laughs> Is, does that come from, like, a Sandberg poem? Yeah, it's a, it's a collection of short stories called The Rutabaga Stories, yeah. and it's it mostly features, like, kids and little family stories and, yeah. they, and they he intentionally misspelled rutabaga ah. which is why it's spelled that way on for the festival yeah um but that makes it pretty cool people keep asking me if i'm going to make a rutabaga jam and i'm like no that would be gross oh. <laughs> like I'm to- trust me if i could make it taste good i would but it would be really awful i need a lot of brown sugar right a whole lot but it's yeah a great like a tablespoon of rutabaga in there. it's actually just melted brown sugar we just call it rutabaga Like our A Little Off Track logo, Josh Dixon hooked us up with his mad graphic design skills. Put him on your next project and see his work at joshuadixonart.com. I think the name Nikki Malley is rooted in uh, jazz in Galesburg in this in this area. And now, um, those what what is that that connection in, in opening up uh, uh, Malley Farms? What does this seem like? It makes <laughs> sense, or you have not had enough distance from it yet? Um, you know, I came to this decision after quite a period of time, so I I had processed my decision to transition into this different career. I well processed it before I told other people Mm -hmm. I was doing it. So I kind of had to give other people time to process it, even though I had, um, it makes sense to me. I know it doesn't, it shouldn't make sense. Like, I mean, you know, I was kind of joking, but also not joking. Like it rolls off the tongue, jams, jellies, and jazz. (laughs) And all of the puns that you could come up with. I know, bro. I got more, but go ahead. Yeah. Is it really jamming in the store today? Uh, <laughs> um, it, it makes sense to me because um, I guess I, I thought I've been thinking about this for a while because lots of people have said things to me like so many people over the last few months have said, I think what you're doing is really brave, which then scares me. I'm like, I don't think you're it's like, what? like, like <laughs> you're skydiving <laughs> off a cliff. Like, yeah. like, no, I'm not. Um, and I think it's because people don't people don't go through all that training to get you know, kind of position that I got and then do something totally different. But, um, to me, it all makes sense because I get to be creative. Mm -hmm. I get to develop systems and a program and run something, um, and, and have agency and make decisions. And I think 
be a huge part of it is that I get to be a part of this community yeah. just in a different yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, that's what I love. That's you know, starting at the farmer's market was farmer's market's this great place. People usually don't go to the farmer's market when they're in a bad mood. Like that's just not where you go right. when you're not <laughs> feeling like seeing people. Been a shit day. I'm, I'm going, go. to, I'm going I'm to the farmer's I'm market. I'm going to go mess it. around with all those, you know, <laughs> little artisan makers and growers. Um, but I, it reminded me of growing up in my parents' bookstore in a small town and what it meant, felt like to be part of the community as a business. And, you know, books are such an important thing. And so that was such a cool business to be in. People yes. are there learning about things, you know, trying to help themselves get through situations. What was their ideas. shop called? Viewpoint Books. I love that. Yeah. In Indiana. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally the best way to grow up you could ever everyone should just grow up in an independent bookstore and then yes. probably all of the world's problems would be solved <laughs> that feels accurate yeah awesome. probably but you know i i loved that i love seeing What's my the meg parents. ryan tom hanks uh, where she owns the bookstore was it like that bookstore at all uh it was a little bit like her bookstore yeah. what the screw hell his bookstore you've got mail <laughs> that's right uh, everybody yeah. loved that movie and i, I was like what like i love her bookstore in that i yeah, love but it her bookstore closes because i know the i know i want i want to think i want to dream that there's a bookstore like that that really exists. I'll have to show you pictures of my parents. It, it was, yeah. it had that kind of, it was just a beautiful, and it still exists. You felt so at home yeah. being there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was home. I When I dream places that show up in my dreams, the bookstore shows up more often than my really? home does. That's pretty much um, But I loved, they loved what they did. And the people who worked for them loved it. And the community mm-hmm. loved it. And so <laughs> it's kind of like tapped back into that part of my life too. Um, and uh, I just think people who like have, second chapters are really interesting. Yeah. Um, not that I did this to be interesting, but I, I started to feel like, well, as I said, like I, the, I couldn't grow in the position that I had and Mm -hmm. the, and the program couldn't grow with me in the position, the way I was in it. And I was too young to feel like I could just keep doing this, this way that didn't feel challenging to me. And it didn't, feel like what was right for the program was COVID uh, 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 uh-huh, like, okay, yeah, this is really the path or was it, so it was it crazy like everybody else that you weren't really having to it's focus. Hard, it's hard to say because I mean, if I'm being, I, uh, if I'm being honest, I am being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I've lied about a lot of stuff today, but everything else up to this point was completely untrue. That recording I said is not me. <laughs> That's some other vibes player. It's not me. Um, I don't even know what the vibraphone is, but uh, I had, been there were so whenever anybody makes a big life change there's usually not one thing that sparks it right um i had been thinking about this before covid a little bit Mm. um and so i think probably covid pushed me to think about it more actively Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and you know everybody everybody went through so much in covid and and i had a much easier time than almost everyone i know in almost every way and i'm very privileged to, to be able to say that i understand um, the one area that that was not so much the case, and anybody who works in the performing arts knows, yeah. performing arts just died for yeah. a while. Right. I mean, mm. and you know, trying to teach music in COVID was horrible. I mean, I and, and, and it's to for something that you love to be turned into something that was just painful and mm. and so hard, and it was just it's almost worse than something that you didn't like to begin with, just yes. being hard. It was this thing that I loved that became. It just felt, it felt so bad. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, so I don't think that like, I think what that did was I had this other thing in my life, which was this small batch canning thing that I was just doing in in the summers of the farmer's market that 
I kept loving more and more. And it was, and, and that was something that I kept, was able to do and actually lean into a little bit more during COVID. Right. And so I had this thing that, that was feeling harder and I was feeling like I wasn't doing what I could in that area. Mm-hmm. And then I had this other part of my life that seemed so positive and so full of possibility. Mm. And then I think, you know, we, everybody had such different experiences. So it's hard to say this is what COVID meant for everybody, but you know, it, it, we went through, we all went through things that no, we, if somebody had told us five years ago, guess what's going to happen no. to you and your family? Right. Right. And like, no way. I'm not going to be able to survive that. Like I can't, I literally can't do it, but we all did. Yeah. Um, except for those who didn't, yeah. but then the rest of us have to live with that, you know, right. and that kind of loss too. So it, that experience for a lot of people, I think, you know, made the scary a lot less scary. Like, well, I, right. I dealt with that. I didn't think I could do that. Mm-hmm. So this thing doesn't seem that out of reach anymore. Right. Now, I think for other people, it's been the absolute opposite. I think there are people who it, it sparked a level of fear in them that is that they may not ever be able to to really yeah. get past. And I completely understand that too. Um, but I see so many people right now. I mean, some people in this room who are like reinventing themselves. Yeah. So many people, I yeah. mean, in, just in this community mm-hmm. who are doing something new, who have changed, I don't say quit your job, changed professions and are doing, learning something new and starting a new chapter in their lives. And that's really exciting. And so it's cool to be part of that energy in Galesburg right now, because I'm not the only person like that's taking a left turn, yeah. you know? Um, you, did, you did post the other day about that, and you said you felt like the community was, was totally, doing that. Totally, yeah, totally. Kind of like so, you know, all the naysayers who who will, who will always be here, like, what you know, what is there to do in Galesburg? Oh, Galesburg, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah. They're not looking around at all. Right. Yeah. Because it's everywhere. People love this place. And reinventing yourself is hard. It's, it, it, it is. And so using an excuse that I'm not given the opportunity or it's too hard here or there's right. nothing to do, that's an easy way to hang up your, it I is, can't do it. But boy, everybody is so supportive. People have been so supportive of me doing this. Yeah. I see people being supportive of, you know, of, of my friend Dusty, who's now working mm-hmm. as the, the article that I was commenting on in the, yeah. this new, new farm in Knoxville. Yeah. People so are cool. so genuinely thrilled to see see other people going for something that they love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, if you aren't thrilled for somebody, then you've got your own issue. Not, yeah. <laughs> not just happy, but they're inspired they by it. Tr- so, yeah. Really yeah. And that's what, what was, uh, how important was it for you to be on, on seminary street? I know a lot of people want, try that. A lot of people yeah. go into businesses and they got mm-hmm. a great idea, but they don't have a plan. This plan of yours that's has gone back. That's the spot, man. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, time. that's, that's the answer is if, if we were going to do, uh, and I say we because my husband is like v- very silent and extremely overwhelmingly amazing partner in this. If we were going to playing the jazz quietly in the back. Oh no, <laughs> not a musician. Uh, <laughs> not which is uh, musicians out there. I highly recommend marrying someone who's not a musician. It's really, yeah. it's really. I tried dating musicians for decades and it did not go well. Um, it didn't work. But uh, well, I just looked up at Johnny Cash who was giving me the finger right when I said, like, "Sorry, sorry, Johnny." Um, but. Uh, we decided if if there was going to be a retail store component of it in Galesburg, it just it had to be um, on Seminary Street or else it it was not going to work. Especially because what I'm doing is pretty niche and and specialty. Mm-hmm. And Seminary Street plus just you know a block or two around Seminary Street is such a food district. Right. Yeah. We don't talk about that enough. And I have all kinds of ideas about actually really talking about that yes. where else do you go that you get like the best pizza in the state of illinois oh and the best in the country yes. you get Baked. a uh you know a, um 
a high-level gourmet restaurant right next door to it, a French-style creperie yes. across the street, a whole food, a, a, a rare independent Whole Foods mm-hmm. grocery store. Yes. Ted, you can get baked a, on Seminary Street. A bakery. I've been a, baked on Seminary Street. Yeah, I was going to say, you Who and I for years. Right? And, and, Who then, has and then finally we got a restaurant. Like, right, finally it Yeah, all so many sense. of us were like, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if you know, you know, right? And I mean, think about and an, a, a handcrafted small batch bagel place around the corner. Right. A, a mother-daughter Korean restaurant a block away. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much incredible local yep. real food in this area. Mm-hmm. So well, where, where else are you going to put a specialty food store? It made <laughs> sense to put an anchor there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to, to, to try and put roots in a place where people are already going to because they know that they're going to find something a little off the beaten track yep, yep. and um yeah that's what that's what that like encourages mm-hmm. I, I think you go in there knowing i don't know what i'm looking for but i'm pretty sure that i'm going to find it and that's part of our christmas shopping every oh, year yeah. we're like okay we need one day where we just walk up and down the street because yep. we'll find something are you ready for the holidays nikki mally she uh-huh. did oh, the holidays. Holidays. Shut your mouth i can't think about that Do yet you know <laughs> how many of our christmas presents came from her store sold out like we do we do little baskets of stuff you know uh, as you get older I don't need any more shit exactly. in my life. You yeah. know? Exactly. I, and I certainly don't want another fucking t-shirt. You know? Like, uh, well, I, I brought you a t-shirt yeah, today. No, no. No. I will take the t-shirt. <laughs> no. I like t-shirts. Well, I mean, like, it's, it's a go-to for my in-laws. They're like, well, he likes the Cubs. Let's get him another Cub shirt. Yeah. You know? Like, I have yeah. a bunch. I don't need any more. What I want is something that you made or something that's personal yep, or right. something that Thoughtful. I can't go to Walmart and exactly. get. And so my wife and I try really hard to put like, like okay, for this family, we're going to give one gift. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give Uncle Bob this and Aunt Sue that and the kids. Yep. It's like, here you go. This yeah. is, you know, so it's usually share something that socks. we make. <laughs> yeah, share these socks, damn it. Like we, uh, I I make cutting boards with my dad, and cool. my wife is, uh, you know, got her own talents, and so you pick these things and you put them all together in this hodgepodge, and your jams fit like perfectly into that yeah. because it's like, mm-hmm. what the hell? I have never had anything like that before. Yeah. Hey, you talked about the love, and for anybody else too that notices it, um, the love of canning is it the colors too? Oh yeah, as a kid and uh, just the orange because I like your blood orange and amaretto jelly. I think I saw the blood orange and it looks awesome in the can. You know, the colors are really important. I, well, I think I, this definitely came from my parents. One of the beautiful things about their bookstore was they paid a lot of attention to how things were merchandised. Display mm. tables, super creative. The shelves, I mean, you know, I, I dream about straightening books. <laughs> I go into other bookstores still and I have to straighten the books and wonderful. turn things out a certain way so they're aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> like, don't really? mind me, I'm just going to move this table. Yeah, I, it's it's not, it's a problem. Um, it's, it's important. I mean, it it's is. part of the experience, but with food too, and you know, good food, you they, they say you eat with your eyes, which is one of those pretentious food things, but it is true. Something that's beautiful invites you in more. So, um, yeah, the colors are really, really important to me. In fact, there's one thing I make that I, I'm not happy with the color of it and everyone loves it who has it who eats it but I am still struggling with it because it doesn't look the way I want it to look <laughs> yeah. and I think I'm the only person that cares but I'm just going to keep caring about it we'll ruin it, it for me keep which is, what is it's it it's my pickled red onions so oh, wow 
Sold out, by the way. Because what happens with those is they do, the color just fades. It doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the product Mm -hmm. at all, but it fades, the the vinegar ends up kind of Mm -hmm. extracting the color. Sure. Um, So I started adding beet powder to it because that's a natural coloring agent. Um, Rutabaga! No, rutabaga is like white. white. Yeah, that'll just totally kill it. Um, you got so excited. I was, that was sweet. So I was. I thought well, I was going to give you the pickle man. Why don't you <laughs> figure out how to pickle man. some rutabaga? Oh god. So Nikki, <laughs> right? Sounds terrible, doesn't it? I mean, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that, and nobody wants solo vibraphone. Like it's important solo to know vibraphone. like what your limits are. She told me messaging her. She was like, she's like, you know, she was trying to tell me how solo <laughs> how solo vibes were a thing. I was like, no, I wanted to play. So she up. She was going to bring him up until the end. She's like, I'm going to need a half hour on either end to get these things yeah. up here. Put them together and I was like okay no solo vibes but I'm so glad you gave us the jazz you brought us I, th- yeah. it's a much better representation yes. of what of what that sounds like so, so I felt very much like um, our meeting was a little bit serendipitous because we were going through this very similar experience yeah. at the same time and like yep. never knowing you before and then meeting you and hearing your story and it was like I could relate so much to the the moment you were at in your life where you were Walking away from something that was very dear to you, that had, you know, taken hours of your life and, you know, it it was who you were. It was the very definition of who you were in this town. Yeah. And that was my experience as well. And so like hearing you and us sitting there that that day, we went to Innkeepers and we talked. Um, I just felt so much like the universe kind of gave me gave me some guidance when I got to meet you. I felt the same so. way. And I had another friend. Well, actually, Dusty was going through a similar thing yeah. at about the same time and to have people to talk to. But the thing I thought about only recently that's maybe a little bit unique about our situations and some of our, our friends, yeah. that's not always the case, is that we have been tasked with reinventing ourselves in the same place. Like right. a lot of times when you reinvent, you end up uprooting or you, right. you, you, yeah. you, you take a new job or something. Now, of course, sometimes it, I think people go through things like divorces where people, everybody still stays in the same community. This, I, I, I've been thinking about that a lot and I don't have right. a form, form thought about it yet, but like it's one thing to reinvent yourself when you can just pick up and start somewhere else, right. but to have to reinvent yourself where you are when people have an idea of who you are hmm. and that you belong to this company or this organization or that relationship or whatever, right? Yes. And yeah. now you are your definition of yourself is different, but the people that you're encountering may have this old definition that can be really weird. Um, I think everybody in this room can relate to what you just said. I can't. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And right. it's just, it's, there must, it's one of those things that there's probably like a German word for that, that it doesn't yes, exist in English, course. you know, right? Of course. That feeling of, of, of these different identities that are all part of you, but the people you're interacting with see different parts of you. Mm-hmm. And then people who spend their whole lives in the same town have a different version of that. Like my husband grew up in Galesburg and people knew him when he was a kid. I didn't grow up here. So people don't know who I, they don't know what a horrible bitch I was in high school. Like I was not. <laughs> I don't believe that. I I was, I was a mean girl. I no. really was. And, 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 but I had the, the freedom to move somewhere else and kind of redefine myself yeah. to people who didn't have that context. So I think that's really interesting. Um, and I think I'm lucky that my redefinition has been something that people are excited about, but right. it's not always the case, you know, for people. And sometimes you have to redefine yourself when you, you didn't choose to, like, sure. I got, I got to make this no, choice, which is a tremendous privilege. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't get to make that choice. Do you get yeah. agitation and maybe, I'm not going to say anger, but do, uh, some things out when you play the vibes? Oh yeah. 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 Oh, totally. It just like, 
it's such a stress reliever. It's such an incredible stress reliever. Um, it, it feels very, it's such a physical instrument. And I mean, mm -hmm. all instruments are, yeah. um, but this one is like your whole body yeah. in these interesting ways. Yeah. It, it, I, like I the next day, do you feel it in like your arms and your shoulders? Like when you yeah. do a big show, is yeah. it like taxing in that way? Yeah. And you feel it afterwards, of sure. course, same thing. Um, yeah. And I, I look really mad when I play. It's so <laughs> funny. Like I cannot watch videos of me and it's just, that's, that's my like appearance when I'm really focused, but people are always like, God, you look, were you? what happened? <laughs> Get in a fight before yeah. the show? And I'm like, no, I was actually like really happy, but I look like I could murder everyone <laughs> when I'm playing. It's so, it's another case of like your body, you're disconnected from your body in certain ways, yes. but that's such a cool experience. Um, and it's an experience that so many people never get to have. I always would tell my students in jazz band, this, a lot of whom were not majors and who, you know, would struggle with, you know, I'm not really good at this, or I'm not as good as that music major sitting next to me. And I would tell them like, do you understand how many people would die for one time in their whole life to be able to be on a stage somewhere and play music for a people. Mm. Yeah. It's a dream that they can't even imagine what that would feel like. Yeah. And I know it because I would teach these jazz history classes and my students would have to go watch performances and write reports about them. And so many of them would say, it just must feel amazing. I wonder what it's like. I wish I could ever do Aww. that just once. And I was like, you guys get to do this all the time. And it may not be, you know, the most amazing performance, but that is, that's an experience that most people will never have and they wish they could. about your grease trap because <laughs> no I'm serious it's not, it's not an innuendo oh, no, or that's a, a whole metaphor. separate episode we should just do like a second a second episode that's just about it's grease called traps. the old grease, grease trap. trap oh my god see now if this isn't if you know you know like people in Gales uh, you know when this podcast becomes a national phenomenon and we're like the, you know you're, we are like I'm part of this yeah movie. you are you know we're top rated on Apple Podcasts people are gonna be like Grease traps? That's a totally a Galesburg thing. More than the horseshoe, more than a tenderloin sandwich. More than it's the Ferris wheel. More than the Ferris wheel. It's grease traps. Uh, the short version is that if you process food, there's grease. And if the grease goes straight into the city sanitation septic system, the pipes, it will destroy it and gunk it up. This is true everywhere. Galesburg has, my understanding, is a particularly old system that right. cannot handle mm. antique pipes. Yeah. I know a number of businesses, restaurant related, that have either come to a grinding halt or not opened altogether because of grease traps. I bet you have. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I bet you do. And and you know, I I'll be as diplomatic as I can about saying this. Galesburg's regulations about the kind of grease, these grease traps, inter they're called interceptors, grease interceptors, which Interceptor. sounds way cooler than what they are, trust yeah. me. Um, but they they trap the grease before it goes into the, the sanitation system, okay. the pipes, the, the, the water that leaves the building. They trap it and it stays there, and then you have to clean it out every once in a while, which is real gross. And um, Galesburg's regulations essentially this is just my opinion, but I know other people who have the same opinion um, are kind of structured to deal with every kitchen, commercial kitchen and restaurant as if it were the same kind of thing. Right. Sure. And as if it were like a 24 hour McDonald's that's processing French fries all the yeah. time. Mm. Yeah. And that's just not the case. Right. It's 
certainly not the case in my business where I actually don't process yeah, any fat no, or grease at no all. Grease. Yeah. Um, I put more grease down my sink at my home than I will in this kitchen. Um, so everyone who's building um, a new kitchen or renovating a kitchen for a new business has to comply with this regulation. I would have just dug a hole through the wall into Phil's uh, into the landmark, <laughs> yeah. into just Phil's basement, and just dumped it all in Phil's grease well, traps. Yeah. Spoiler Lord alert, knows. that's what I did. No, just kidding. <laughs> Lord knows no, he I can saw take the it. I mean, Facebook he is my post. landlord, so that could, that could cause some I problems I saw the too. day you were like, the grease trap is getting installed, and I knew it was like a thing, <laughs> you know, because we had discussed it, so... It, yeah, it's it's an incredible expense, and it's it, it is absolutely the case that businesses that produce waste that is problematic for the the infrastructure of the city. Nikki, are you saying we're going to have grease traps running through the streets of Galesburg <laughs> yes. before long if yeah. we're not careful? Yeah, yeah. everybody, you're going to have to have one in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Trust me. <laughs> but there needs, in my opinion, there needs to be a better system of assessing what a business is actually going to do. And one of the the, the kind of pieces of logic that has that I've heard from both my situation and other situations is that the idea is, well, this is our one chance to make sure that this kitchen has enough of a grease interception situation to handle whatever <laughs> might happen in the future. Right. Okay. Like somebody else might be in that kitchen and do mm. something different, which is fine, except like that logic is not applicable in real life. Like if you if you were building a house and you went to get your building mm-hmm. permits and you walked in and they said, well, we see that you're not putting an in-ground pool in your backyard. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Cool. Well, somebody else might want to put a pool in there after you move out. So we're going to make you build a a six foot fence around your yard. Like that's just, you can't, that that logic doesn't, it's not, it doesn't hold up because you come into an existing place. And if their grease trap wasn't adequate for what you're doing, you have to change it anyway. Exactly. So it's like, let me, Buy what I need. So you have a squeaky clean grease trap that's never gonna <laughs> oh, get. I have, you, I, you will never walk in the back door of Mally Farms and see her hauling out the grease. Nary a drop of grease. I have, we have the Lamborghini of grease traps. Yeah. I mean, it is it is amazing. Do it, you ever it, just want to make some fries in there just to do it? I just, like, just want to buy a vat of Crisco oil and just dump it yes. right down. The, Look what I can do. Just so you, you know? say you did. It's, it, and, and you know. This is a very specific issue that that this kind of business deals with here. But it is interesting as you start a business and you you learn what impediments there are to starting a business. And I think Galesburg does a great job in many ways Mm -hmm. of incentivizing people to start businesses. But there are areas for improvement. And this has been a real I mean, it's been a real um, roadblock for businesses. And if you are McDonald's, you can afford that because you have this huge organization that can fund yeah. that and can take that economic hit if, even if it takes 10 years to pay back. Mm-hmm. But if you're a small business starting with your own capital, like my situation, yeah. that's, it, it's insane what that costs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's not a hit you can take, um, with the scale of the kind of business that you're trying, but these are exactly the kind of businesses that small communities should really want to do anything they can right. to develop because right. these are the ones that you come to Galesburg, you're never going to get this anywhere else. And can I say, by the way, if you're starting a new business or you have a business and, and you want to, uh, a community and getting together with other business owners, um, Nikki Malley, if you're looking for someone with passion, yeah. I, I would get her on your Total back. Total resource. Uh, if you could, if you could um, just don't bring up, uh, you got mail after, after a couple beers. <laughs> yeah, I really, I hate that it'll movie. go sideways. Quick, quick. Everybody thinks it's the most charming romantic comedy, and it's bullshit. He closes her 
your store down. He kills, he kills her life passion. She's like, oh, but you're Tom Hanks, so I forgive you. Like, well, I don't care who you are. I don't needle. care who Everybody you are. No needle. thanks, Tom Hanks. No thanks. Oh, wait, that was Sleepless in Seattle. Never, I love the... Never movie. the Which is a great movie. <laughs> they redeemed themselves in that one. There you go. <laughs> So Mally Farms, uh, oh, you had a soft open. It, it's open. What, what are your hours over there on Seminary Street? Right now, we're just doing Saturdays because we're still in construction on the kitchen, and yeah. I've got contractors in there all during the week, and sometimes I don't know who's going to be doing what, and there's dust, and there's noise, and there's, you know, mm-hmm. grease traps and things. Hey, uh, side idea, maybe yeah. one day you could open up as, like, a grease trapping facility. Oh, people could bring their grease? Yeah, bring Ooh. your grease. I grease amnesty. Your grease. grease amnesty. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we could just play the soundtrack from Grease <laughs> yes. in the right. store. Dear God, Yes. Oh, maybe maybe I could hire some thespians to actually do like table reads of Greece. Oh, you know you will. People bring their Greece. You don't have to hire it. People will do that for free. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Mrs. What, Fabian what gave me done? the Mrs. Fabian gave me the paddle in fourth grade because Scott Horton and I played the unedited Grease Lightning on forty five. You are such oh, a heathen. Yeah. <gasps> heathen. We're, yeah. He rhymes like he says a few bad words. Did I you think. go to a Catholic school? No. Gave you the paddle. No. I got the paddle a lot. <laughs> that was his public and it, and school. And it didn't do any good. Like, no, no, it, no, didn't, no. It, didn't, it didn't correct you know his I'm behavior at all. Right <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Jacobs. I love you. I remember that they were still using the paddle when I was in elementary school. I never yeah. got it because I was a super good kid. Oh, but, yeah. They were you proud of her. They had him no, up on the wire. She was mean to other students, but she was well behaved in school. Okay. They decorated him. Well, that's high school. By high school, they weren't doing it. So they hurt more. So they were aerodynamic. I had a. Oh yeah. I had a principal gave me one. He'd hit you, and then he'd look at your face to make sure it hurt. Okay, (laughs) that's messed up. Yeah, it's totally messed up. It is messed up. Yes. And it doesn't actually work. No. It just makes kids like hate authority. Right. Didn't love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> love it. Not gonna lie. Uh, Nikki Malley, thanks for uh, bringing the jazz. By the way, you're gonna be at Rutabaga. Will people see oh, you? Yeah, yeah. You play with the alumni band. Tell us about maybe uh, your plans. So I, I'm gonna play with the faculty and friends group because um, I guess I'm a, I'm a friend. Yeah. Though it's cool now that I'm not faculty, they're still counting me as a friend. That's um, great. <laughs> and then I think I'm co-directing the alumni big band. Oh great! I think that's what's. I think Justin Haynes and I are gonna co-direct it. At least that was the last. Because Justin is directing the big band now at Knox, and he's a Knox alum. He was a senior the first year I taught at Knox, so that's super. Like it's oh, also super cool, cool to like hand off the baton that way. And he's doing an amazing job with them. So I think we're both gonna kind of co-direct that, which means we can both play a little bit as well. Rattle off some of those great faces you love seeing every year at Ruta. Oh my gosh, coming um, back home. And- <laughs> um, she, I haven't seen her for a few years because COVID and stuff like that, but. Um, we have one of these, uh, one, a student who was a student early on when I taught at Knox, Yumi Kusunoki, 
um, who lives in Japan and frequently comes back from Japan. Oh, wow. From Vega. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Wow. She's, and she's also amazing. She's just like a bright light in the world. She's just an amazing, wonderful person. Um, I love it. Uh, I, there's so many generations of, because for me, there's like the students I went to Knox with. So my like, cohort and then also all my students two generations all these generations um i think it there's some of my friends who come back almost every year and i love that because it's like this it's like a family reunion i know those people are going to be there yeah um but then there's every year there's one or two people who haven't come back for five or 10 or 15 years and uh, and they don't even let you know they're coming and they just walk in the door yeah and it's so cool when that happens and that happened big time last year because people a lot of people, first of all, they came out because it was our first real rutabaga back from COVID. Right. Yeah. They wanted and to do it was it. my last year. So oh, wow. uh, it was just, it was, I saw so many people um, who I hadn't seen for so long. And when you see them, you just immediately like the, the reel in your head yes. starts going and you think about like all the things that you experienced with that person. You know, I went to Spain with that person oh, or wow. um, I took that person to Spain or um, the great trips that Knox yeah. uh, Jazz afforded you over yeah. the years. Yeah. yeah. Not just being in these great new places, but playing music there. With oh, you. yeah. What an incredible experience to, yeah, to play music. Um, to play music in China for people who had never, not that, not that everyone in China doesn't know what jazz is, but there are some places that we played where we talked to people who would tell us after the gig, like they had never seen live jazz ever in their whole life. Mm -hmm. And that was so cool. Um, and they were so excited about it. Um, yeah, playing around the world is just an amazing experience that's playing and eating around the world. (laughs) Now, where did you and your dad go this past summer or was it? Uh, so two summers ago, we went to Barcelona. Okay. Um, and we a couple years before that, we went to Paris. Oh. Mm. He and my mom had planned to travel. They loved to travel, and they'd only done a little bit of travel after my sister and I graduated and became adults and stuff like that. Um, the trip to started, Paris, the, was jazz a big part of that for you? Um, that yeah. was just my dad and my sister. And oh, me. you didn't make that. Um, uh, no, so no, that was just a family thing. Yeah. But yeah, so my, my mom and dad were going to travel all over the world, and then... My mom um, died very, fairly unexpectedly right after she retired. They retired together. So he decided, because he's an amazing human being, I'm still going to travel and I'm going to take my kids with me. And we're going to do all these things that my wife and I were going to do. We're going to do those. Because she would love that. I've had the pleasure of meeting your dad and he's so would absolutely love. She would be so thrilled. So, yeah, we went to Barcelona um, in 2021. Yes. Yes. <laughs> These, yeah, the last no, three years are like all one long day, right? <laughs> right. Um, and that was just incredible. To uh, And he, we just went to San Francisco recently, too. Okay, so we, okay. we, we travel. And I love traveling with him. We, we travel really well together. Um, and he's a fun person. Yeah, so. yeah. That's thanks, cool. Thanks for what um, what you did with those 19 years at Knox College and, oh. and Rutabaga. And what you're doing now in your new chapter at Mally Farms. It's on, very brave, Nikki. <laughs> it's so brave. So brave. You're so <laughs> courageous. They're actual brave people. Like, <laughs> there is a Jelly Bravery Award. And she, yes. might she might get it yeah. someday. Ooh, I should establish a scholarship at Knox. That's like the Ooh. Jelly Bravery. Oh, oh my yes. God. I okay, so it. there's like firefighter. There's Jelly Bravery. There's first responders but then then there's people who open jam stores yeah you and know? install grease traps that they're not right. going to use like that is so brave there's there's like three hours of a good sunday we're going to let you get to nikki so uh, uh enjoy it and thanks for being
being here. Are we going to do the thing? So oh, much. yeah. We gotta do Are the you thing. sure? we got to do okay, the thing. Let's, let's, do, the let's thing. do it. Let's Mandy's do excited. Thing. We always go around uh, something we're reading, listening to. Or... Oh, I listen. I did my research. Yeah. I wasn't going to be Aww. caught unaware. Yeah. <laughs> uh, reading, listening to, or what? Or seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do ours is kind of a throwback. So yeah. recently I was in my basement and I got into a tote and I found a Nintendo Wii. <gasps> Ooh, and it was so great. It was a Wii that my husband had got from Joe Winbigler. He's a local gamer dude. And he had put all of these old games on there for us. Ooh. One of which, Super Mario 3. <laughs> so I have had the pleasure of showing my family my badass skills as Mario 3. And I'm not like... The my- Wii was packed away? Yeah, it was That's in a tote. Great. That's great. So, like, you know, my husband's a gamer. Um, there's, It's hard to impress a 10-year-old, which my daughter is oh, about yeah. to be. So, like, to turn on the Wii and show them how good I am <laughs> at Super Mario 3 has maybe been, like, the most special time. <laughs> yes, because I can, like, show them where... I am a valuable where... person. Yes. I'm like, yeah, Mommy knows. Mommy knows where the hidden guys are. That's wonderful. Yeah, and so that's what we've been doing in our spare time. That's awesome. We've been doing Super Mario 3, and it has been such a delightful trip down memory lane. My daughter, who's about the same age as yours, is in love with the Wii, too. Like, finally got a Switch, so she's moved on, but we got a new TV that our old Wii wouldn't plug into. Oh. And she's like, what are we going to do about the Wii, though, Dad? Like, do we really need that TV? (laughs) (laughs) So I bet you found something that you're going to hook her on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brynn is like, she'll do it on her own now. And and she's like almost, you know, getting to the point where she's like telling me how to do stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I it? taught you. Like, yeah, no, that's not girl, please. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it weird to say Wii's vintage? But it's is it weird it, to say? Yeah, it's I think I think right. we got we got um, a rock band. There's a, a Beatles rock band poster right above you, and um, and the Beatles rock band. That's all we did on Wii. Yeah, really. And I think I think my wife and daughter wanted Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, that yeah. Dance board. Dance Revolution. Oh yeah. I'm not kidding you. I have on video of them opening it up and saying together dance dance revolution <laughs> they they stepped on it one time one time no. <laughs> come find out the joy of unboxing it's yeah, in a to- that's <laughs> what it is it's in a tote i'll bring it to you mandy and okay yeah and i'll hide it away and then i'll get excited about it in like a decade that's right they're they're like yeah we really wanted this five years ago yeah. thanks for nothing dad <laughs> so uh, that's mine theodore nice nice uh well so with this neck thing, I have been doing a lot of sitting and a lot of watching of the television as yeah. of late, mm-hmm. which uh, is driving me bananas, by the way. But we've found that we have, so we have, we, we're cable cutters, like we, we told Comcast to go suck it, which made me so happy in life. Um, <laughs> it's the small joy. Oh, my God. It was so nice. The guy was, like, working to try and get me a better oh, deal, yeah. and I'm just like, no. But it took me 45 minutes to actually cancel the damn this service. Because no, like, means no sir. What if I gave you this for $3 a month? Nope, nope. I really just don't want it at all, man. There is no way. There's a Saturday Night Live skit where somebody tries to cancel <laughs> oh, their cable. Really? It's hilarious. It's from the last couple years, and it's hilarious. It's That's hilarious because it's fact, true. In, exactly. the, in the moment, yeah. I'm just like, no, dude. But I felt this zen. I was. Oh, that's not what mine is about. That's anyway, uh, but so we have been exploring like the free alternatives, and there's this thing called Pluto TV. I don't know if you guys know about it, mm-hmm. but I do. it's totally free. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're not gonna find like the latest movies by any means. They do have some like modern shows, but what they're great at is they have like. In all uh, 
uh, Jeopardy channel. Like it's just Jeopardy 24 hours a day or The Price is Right 24 hours a day. And the one that we have been hooked on is Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember that show? Yeah, are It turns you? out I am not smarter yeah. than a fifth grader. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of stuff, and I feel kind of good that, I'm, that I, I know more things than my actual fifth grader. Is she watching with you guys? Yeah, That's she awesome. loves yeah. it too. Yeah. Like it's it just it sucks you in, and when it's just episode after episode, who's the host of that? Uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Okay, <laughs> yeah. You might be a redneck. Here's your sign. He's really good. No, that's Bill Engvall. Oh, really? Engvall. Yeah. Bill something. I'm He's sorry, the, Bill. Here's your sign. Um. Great, great. Uh, if you don't know about Pluto TV and you want to absolutely binge 24 hours of some old game show that for went free. away for a reason for free, <laughs> check it out. Nice. Highly recommend. That's 10 awesome. out of 10, we'll watch again. We'll let Nikki go last. I just wanted to say um, that this reminded me, we had some jazz going on in the background when we got here and mm-hmm. I put on a jazz channel on uh, Apple. And, and and Nikki probably knows Jack Larson. Oh yeah, uh, a radio legend in the town. Yep. To yep. me, he is the man. We almost bought Jack Larson's house just because it was Jack Larson. Wow. House. Yeah, that record collection was. Uh, yeah, whoever inherited that, it's got to be amazing. But Nikki, you know him from uh, uh, back in the day. Oh yeah. And um, he, he spun. A, he had a big band show, mm-hmm. and my first time ever flicking on a mic. Not I was take I was after Jack Larson. No after way. After his show was over, I took over. He's like eleven to two, and I went two to seven on WAIK. And the first time I flipped on the mic, Jack Larson was standing behind no. me. No, Chris Ooh. Poston, Mike McCulloch, a few other uh, you know notables in the studio, and that was very nerve wracking. <laughs> but every day, and I took it for granted back then. Now that I got to follow Jack Larson, wow. And so I got to play um, a big band music I'd never heard before, uh, Ellington and and the the Dorsey Brothers and uh, Miles. Davis and then into beautiful music like Barbara Streisand and all that a lot of times it didn't sometimes it clashed but it was this type of music that I'd never been exposed to before That's and cool. I kind of weirdly fell in love with it right <laughs> I yeah, really did yeah, so yeah so when Nikki started coming uh on on the show I think that's why I had her because of Jack and and what he did for uh, Rutabaga and what he did for jazz mm-hmm. in this town and uh what I knew that Scott Garlock and Nikki Malley and others had done and Andy Crawford yeah. and, and many other notables um, so that's, that's where jazz touches my life. I don't, I don't, you know, wear it. Uh, I love jazz t-shirt because I don't want to beat up or anything. <laughs> you're wearing, <laughs> you're wearing a little would, off track I, t-shirt. I probably, I probably wouldn't fare too long in a jazz conversation because I don't know a lot, but you're like, I have to go to the bathroom and even studying for, uh, uh about two, two weeks, uh, with, with Ted doing a lot of, uh, uh jazz research when we did oh a rutabaga thing yeah. and filming it and finding out about rutabaga. And yep. so that's mine. And so that's why, uh, Nikki's here today. Cause we, uh, just uh, we we love her, and we love your jam. Yeah, yeah. we love, your jam. We love yeah. both of your jams. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How about you? Uh, <laughs> when I when I realized that you asked this, I was like, oh, I could talk about what I'm reading. But what I read, I listen to audiobooks all the time. I mean, I grew up re- Me reading was like yeah. not yeah. A, a, everybody read in our house all the time. But I listen to audiobooks all the time because I can listen to audiobooks while I'm working in a kitchen, yeah. which is so awesome. Because sometimes it's tough with the audiobooks if you can only listen to little bits at a time. But mm-hmm. I can get two or three hours at a time of, of really getting into the book. Um, and I just finished a mystery thriller that I was so awful and it made me so angry that I like wanted oh. to talk to the author and like. <laughs> 
<laughs> implore her not to ever do anything like this again. Wait, which, so, which one was it? Because I've had a similar experience. It, it's called, I think, Stranger in the Woods. And the premise was interesting. It was British, Scottish oh. and stuff. And it just it became so implausible that like. You, you stayed had, with it, though. Well, I did because I thought clearly it's not it's not going to go. It's not going to get this bad. It just went, got way worse. <laughs> so I guess my anger at that book turned into me picking the book I'm reading, listening to right now, which is The Great Mortality, which is a history of the Black Death in the 14th oh, century. Oh, wow. Yes. No, that sounds I like a real upper. But it's, yeah. it's fascinating. It's yeah. fascinating. Um, so that's that's what Black I'm Death, like, that the was the plague. plague. Yeah, the plague. Yeah, the plague. Um, I, I really do like. I love post-apocalyptic fiction. A lot of light read, really dark stuff. I mean, a couple books ago, my favorite book of the year, and one that I think is going to be. People will have lots of strong opinions about this, but Cormac McCarthy's just he just released a new book. He's like ninety four years old, but he's been working on this one. He did um, uh, the road, um, uh, um, really really dark stuff. This Mm -hmm. is this. this, his new novel, The Passenger, I think is one of the greatest works of American fiction in the wow. last 100 years. Um, but it's really dense and complicated and hard and dark and weird. Um, wow. So, so like, just like the vibes are like how I get like my anger and, and stuff out. I, my stuff I listen to and read is usually like really dark and heavy. And I mean, I'm the biggest Tom Waits fan in oh, the yeah. entire world. Yes. And don't let Mike Buddy tell you that he is because he's not. <laughs> uh, you guys have a little project. Yeah. Uh, well, it was our COVID project and we yeah. have it. Yeah. Um, the Tom Waits duets. Um, so I veer towards like, Super, super dark stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know why. But so, yeah, I'm listening to... Saying that, you're going to have a great uh, conversation with someone who's a a Cormac McCartney, is that his name? McCarthy? McCarthy, yeah. Well, Uh, Because that's a hell of a thing to say about a man's book. Right? (laughs) I just had to look it up because I, I fall down that same track. Morbid is a podcast and they do a five part one of the episodes is two hours long but typically they're about an hour an episode all about Jack the Ripper and like like legit this is theory this is what you're going to see on TV this is what is it's still not known you Mm -hmm, know I mean mm -hmm. and they do a deep deep dive into it like a whole all around that Black Plague era of time uh, sure. Time Speaking frame. of post-apocalyptic, have you watched The Last of Us? On oh HBO? yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you love oh, it? I devoured it. Oh whatever. It's so good. Oh, I it's, think I love it, but I just it's such a compelling I... story, and it is done so artfully on HBO Max. I mean, what it's they have stunning. done with the the creatures that have been consumed by the fungus. They're beautiful it's, and it's beautiful and horrifying. <laughs> no, that is the very premise. There are you're zombies. Good. Okay. That's like, that's, yeah. you, that's a known. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're that's, good. Not, it's not a surprise <laughs> to anyone but you. Yeah. But that Nick Offerman episode, I like oh, literally wept. I mean, I, I, was, too. I was watching it. Oh, that's right. Cause yeah. my husband can't watch zombie stuff. He just, he, it, it gives yeah. him weird nightmares. Yeah. So I was watching it on my iPad and he's doing something else. And I'm over here just like, yes. he's like, and I was like, I'm okay. Oh. <laughs> same, same. And that Linda Ronstadt song. Now I, when I play that song, it almost makes me cry yeah. because I think of that, 
power well, battles connection. Now. That's the only episode the I've watched all the way through oh, with my wife. Really? The, yeah. With the, I don't know why, because I'm just doing stuff and I'm yeah. up and down. So yeah. That was one of my mom's favorite albums too. Aww. And so when that, so I was already like that. And then that was one of my mom's favorite songs. Oh, and I was my, just like, oh. and I'm done. Like, Forget <laughs> it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take much to make me cry when I talk about my mom I anyway. I'm like that episode leads up to that song. I was like, God. Damn Here we you! Go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Just for the record, Linda Ronset is the queen bee. She's oh, yeah. it's a beautiful Good. song. Nikki Malley, we love you. Go, go enjoy your Sunday. Don't can anything. Just relax. No canning. Michael for a walk. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for uh, giving us a portion of your only day off. Oh gosh, yeah. no, we this is so it. much fun. We appreciate I, it. Yeah. We, I could, I could hang out for like many more hours. Yeah. Well, we'll have you we back next yeah, time. For sure. Sandwich. When I change careers again, <laughs> yes. I'll come back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, it's Sunday. Right. Monday morning, what time does uh, uh, Mallet Farms open up? Uh, we don't because we're closed during the week. Oh, wow. Dang it. But you can do appointment shopping. You just have to email me. Go online. Oh. Yeah, just go to the website and you'll... You can Mally Farms or Facebook. I'm I'm on the socials. She's on the book of face. We'll yeah. have all of those links in the uh, show notes for everybody. Make it mm-hmm. easy for them to find. Yay! I say that every time. I've never done it yet, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It'll be there. It'll be there. I promise. Now, you don't have to do anything. You have to make them do everything as long and so, as long as you have that. that Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I would tie it, but oh my mm. neck! It really when I put my that. arms like this. Yeah. I'll tell you what, real fast before we go, I've been getting the best neck and back tickles since I, I got this thing. Like my wife feels so bad for me. Uh, I'll take it off. I'll be like, I just got out of the shower. Can you rub my? Just tickle my neck, and she's like, Oh yeah. Normally, it'd be like, Get the hell out of here! <laughs> man. No. All it took was a bad car <laughs> accident, a near death experience, yeah, right? and now that's you're it. getting spoiled. It was supposed to be four to six weeks. You're gonna. Like, honey, I think we need to go six to 11. <laughs> no, trust me. I want this thing all I <laughs> believe it. Oh. No. All right. Thank you, Nikki. This is so much fun. Yay. Thank you very, very, very much. That's Daryl Monteith on the piano. Andy Crawford on the bass. Jason Brandon on the drums. Me on hitting things with mallets. Thanks to William Colvin at Laidback Manor Studios in Galesburg for mixing and mastering the show. If your band is ready to make an album, William is ready to make it sound amazing at Laidback Manor Studios in Galesburg. On behalf of our hosts, Eric Hansen, Ted Bevenauer, and Mandy Balser, thanks for going a little off track. <laughs>